Amazing. Just, just stay standing, stay standing. Just, you know, as we come just to receive the word, how about we just, if you feel comfortable, just to put your hands out, stretch out your hands. God, we just thank you. You're the reason why we gather today. We come here to worship, to honor, and to be encouraged by your word, to be challenged by your word, and to become more like you, Jesus. And we just say, Spirit of God, we need you in this room. And we just, right now, we just honor your name. We honor your presence in Jesus' name. And, and I know that you've just done a series, Raise a Hallelujah. So, and I've heard Essex, you guys are pretty loud. <laughs> so how about right now, just for 20 seconds, we just lift up a shout and a praise to Jesus. Come on, let's just say, thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We thank you that, God, you're so good. Amen. Amen. Feel free to take your seats. Praise is just such an important part of who we are as a church, isn't it? You know, I'm a firm believer that God lives in our praise. God lives in our praise. Psalm 22 verse 3, it says, God is enthroned in the praises of his people. Meaning God chooses to live in our singing. God chooses to live in our shout. Isn't that cool? And so the front row think that's cool. That's good. That's good. I'm preaching to the front row. Feel free to turn up the house lights and make it as well. I feel like I'm in the dark right now. Can you? There we go. Is that better? You can see me a little better. Isn't it good that God is in the praises of our, pe- of our, of our song and our shout today? Is anyone glad God's here? When the band came this morning, they began to sing. God said, I want to be there. And God decided to come amongst what we're doing. Isn't that cool? That's good. That's good. Well, today I'm going um, to really begin a thought today about making an impact. Making an impact. Turn to your neighbor and say, making an impact. But before I do that, I just, you know, it's great. I was, obviously, I was with you in Movie May. It's fantastic to be back. Uh, uh, I know it was a little short notice. We had a little swap round because uh, Church Barry has been overseen in New Malden as an apostolic oversight. He is going through a transition today, praying in some new pastors, which is fantastic. So Barry is there helping to be a part of that. And, and so uh, uh, Pastor Peter said, hey, could you come out to Essex? And I said, Absolutely. Because you guys are a crazy bunch of people. And I knew it was going to be a fun morning. And so and uh, we had cover over in Richmond as well. But just some exciting stuff going on in Richmond. We've broken 100 seven weeks in a row. Isn't that cool? The church is about three years old. And so we're really excited to see what's going on. And it's great to see that you guys are doing an Alpha course as well. We just started our Alpha course about three weeks ago. And we were praying around our kitchen table where my team meets and because uh, we don't have a venue permanently. And so we gathered for our team meeting us, and we said, could we believe for 10 people to come around this kitchen table for Alpha? And for our first night, we had 15 people around our kitchen table. It's a kitchen table for six people, so 10 was already stretching it. 15 was bring a seat with you, and we'll give you food as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're now praying for more seats. Or a bigger house, that'd be cool, way. Eh? But uh, I, I also recognize many of you might not know me, so I've actually got a family photo. Is that okay this morning? This is my beautiful family. So my, young, uh, this is my wife, Chantel, on the side there. Uh, she's holding our youngest, Willow, who's three months old. Uh, and then my middle one is Skylar. She's almost two. And then Jensen just started school recently in the last couple of weeks. 
Uh, and so that's my beautiful family I'm blessed with. That photo was actually taken a couple of weeks ago at my granddad's 100th birthday, which is pretty amazing. We opened the, uh, 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 the letter from the Queen and the Home Secretary as well, which was a little less, less cool, but just the Queen. I, I think it was even the wrong Home Secretary because of all the Brexit stuff. It, was the, it changed, someone resigned, and they forgot to change over the signature, but whatever. The Queen wrote to us. That was cool. That was cool. And so that's what that photo's from. And so now you know me. Is that all right? So good. We're going to have fun this morning. So I want to start this thought of having an impact because we're going into our impact offering next week. And, and, and it's about how does an impact in our life look? Because we have a generation of people called millennials. And if you look up online and type the word millennials, it will talk a lot about this group of people and the challenges that they present and the ways that they think because they've thought differently than any other generation that has gone before. And, and a part of this millennial generation is this idea is that they want to be of a, they want to have a significant impact on the world. That they think purpose over paycheck. They think of a values of the organization over perhaps the bottom line. They think differently. And sometimes you would think and you'd sit here, well, I want to have impact too. But for this generation, more than anything, they want to have an impact. Isn't that cool? That there is a generation of people wanting to actually have impact in this world. And, and as Christians, we also want to have an impact, don't we? Who, who wants to have an impact in this world? We don't just want to cruise through life. We don't just want to go through the rhythm and the motions of life. But actually, we as Christians believe wholeheartedly that whilst we are here on this earth, whilst we have breath in our lungs, we're here for a purpose. We're here to see God's kingdom come and advance in our world, aren't we? And so that is a sense of we have purpose and we have impact in who we are and in our breath and in our everyday. Is that cool? So my message title is this, we're enablers of impact, enablers of impacts, because today we're going to leave this room knowing how to be enablers of impact. I'm going to read this scripture in Luke 8, verse 1 to 3, Luke 8, 1 to 3, it says, soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. And among them were Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons. Wow, she had something going on, eh? And then it's got Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, and Susanna and many other others who were con- contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Now, this passage of scripture is, is basically all about Jesus and a group of women. In ancient biblical times, this is incredibly unique. Incredibly unique. It's not like the 21st century where, where we're talking about equal rights, where we're talking about uh, women having the same pay. It's, it's, not about, it's not like that at all. It's not where we're promoting women in CEO positions and different things like that. No, no, no. We're talking about ancient biblical times. We're talking about Rome. We're talking about where women were treated as slaves and property, meaning that they had a price tag on their heads rather than seen as a normal human being where everyone has the intrinsic value of God upon them. So it's a completely different mindset, completely different.
different worldview. Uh, everything was different back then. Is that okay? So here Luke is talking about women that were with Jesus. That's amazing. That's amazing because in a sense he's saying he's celebrating a disenfranchised group of people. He's giving voice to a group of people that were actually voiceless in society. He was giving and highlighting a gender that was not highlighted previously. And he was pointing to the fact that Jesus was the final nail in the coffin of what God was trying to do from the beginning of working with his people, even back in the Old Testament. He was saying there is no difference between genders there is nothing like that but you are all equal to God and in his sight and so Luke is just saying no 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 women can have impact too and it's really quite extraordinary even the way Luke throughout his book highlights and promotes and encourage women so we got women doing ministry right here in this piece of scripture and I'm not going to go into that at all but I want to have a quick look at these women right now in the three verses And I want to bring out a couple of thoughts that it highlights here. So they all had a past. We've got Mary Magdalene. She had seven demons. We don't know how she got them. I think that would be quite a cool question to know. It's like, what were you doing? What was going on? It's like, you know, what's going on there? And But they all experienced the power of God. It says this in verse 2. It says, some women have been cured of evil spirits and diseases. They had all experienced the power of Jesus. Is there anyone in here that's experienced Jesus in this room? Is there anyone in here that's thankful for what God has done in their life? Is there anyone in here that's thankful for the grace of God and the goodness of God and the fact that God has touched your life, He's provided for you, He's healed you, He's come in that point of need in your life? Is there anyone thankful for Jesus? Come on, let's just give Him a praise. Lord, we're thankful for you, Lord. And all these women had experienced Jesus in their lives. They'd experienced Jesus and then they responded. They responded. Everyone say responded. They responded by following Jesus at his invitation. Come, join me on this tour. We're going from town to town. They responded. They went along with him. And then what we have is that they all ministered to Jesus in this New Living Translation. It said they contributed from their own means. So they, uh, another word, and we'll go into that a little bit later, it talks about they ministered to Jesus. They ministered to Jesus from their own means. So we have these women who had a past, they experienced Jesus and were healed and changed and freed. And then they responded by following Jesus and they gave to support his ministry. I want to just read verse one, just, a sec, uh, just, just again. I want you to capture this. Soon afterwards, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples, let's keep on going, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Next verse. And many others were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. The women gave to support Jesus. And the support they gave meant that Jesus could go from town to town to expand the kingdom of God. I hope you caught that for a second. They gave, which enabled kingdom expansion. 
Right now, we're in impact offering, right? We're talking about it, and there'll be videos that go up on social media. You'll hear about what the plans are, how you're giving into Ghana and giving into the different initiatives around the city, giving into cause this church not just to go from a Sunday to Sunday, but actually have community impact and have different things going on that are just accelerating kingdom initiatives. And you've got different things going on to bring impact. How did that impact start in this verse it started from people giving it started from a group of people decided to go i'm going to get behind you jesus and because of that jesus went from town to town jesus could only go from town to town and stay in overnights in the different places with his group of people because a group of women decided to give towards his mission isn't that amazing they decided to give towards this mission i think about the people here that what happens if those women didn't give? What happens about all those people from the different towns and they went to Bethlehem, they went to these different towns over to Caesarea? What happens if those women never gave? What about those people who were healed? What about those people who were touched by Jesus? What about those people that were like Mary Magdalene, had had demonics and, and different darkness around them? What happens to those people who were freed in those towns where Jesus went? What would have happened? Well, they would have never experienced the power and the goodness. They would have never been ministered to by God. But they were because of the impact of these women. As I was praying this week on my way to work, I just felt God just dropped this word in my heart. The people behind the miracle these women these women were the people behind the miracles and do you know what we here in Equipers Essex and across our locations this time next week we're going to be able to give and be the people behind the miracles the people behind the miracles that impact form if you have a look you'll be able to see what it, what, we, what uh, Essex has given to last year in, in, our, in, 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 in the Richmond location, we took up 33,000 pounds. And we have a whole long list of different places locally and globally that we've given to. These are seeds that have gone out from us and been able to support different things, different organizations, different ministries, and miracles have happened because of what, what we've given. I've never been to Ghana, but I've given to Ghana. I've never been to Budapest, but I've given into the new church plant over there. Fortunately, I've been here and I've been able to see where the money that Richmond sowed into you guys becoming equippers and and changing some stuff around here. I've been able to see what the seeds are doing here. I've been able to see some of the salvation and hear some of the stories. But the amazing thing is we are the people behind the miracles. Turn to your neighbor, say you're the people behind the miracle. You've got to understand, we are the people behind the miracles. We are the people behind the miracles. And Luke is just pointing out these women, these three women, and there's others that are unnamed. They are the people behind the miracle. And sometimes in life, we can count ourselves out. Sometimes in life, we can think that we can't do enough. Sometimes we think of our limitations, how we can't go on the mission field, or we can't take the microphone, or we have the inability to do different things. And and we think that ministry is just what happens up here, but actually we can be behind the miracles through our giving. Isn't that amazing? Every single person that sowed last year has sown into the miracles, and you're a part of it. I want to say you're a part of it. You're a part of what God is doing 
here. You may have just given a little, but you're a part of it. You're behind that miracle. You're a part of that miracle. That's your miracle. Recently, we were praying for a, uh, I was praying for a friend in my connect group, and, and he was believing for a car. And two weeks later, someone gave him a car. Do you know what I said to, I said to the group? That's my miracle. I prayed for that with everyone else in that group. That's our miracle. It wasn't just his breakthrough. That was our breakthrough. God listened and heard and answered our prayer. Do you know what? It's our miracle. What God is doing in Ghana at the moment, it's our miracle. Is that, isn't that cool? So Luke here, he names, tells stories, share the exploits of these wonderful women who were enablers of impact. Just um, back in 2010, which is a long time now, which now is making me feel very old. But I was in New Zealand, and I was doing an internship in Equippers, Auckland. I was volunteering for a year, managing their youth tour that went around New Zealand. And I was, there was probably about 30 interns in the church at the time, and I was by far the busiest. I was there the earliest, and I was there the latest. Actually, I, I got a sponsor for our tour. It was a breakfast cereal company. It was awesome. I love cereal. Anyone love cereal here? Come on. I, I ate cereal a lot and still do eat cereal a lot. And sometimes if my wife doesn't cook, I'm like, I'm good with cereal. But anyway, I got sponsored by this. Um, I don't even know why I'm telling this. This is regardless, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I got sponsored by this cereal company. And because I was a student full-time in another country, I didn't have an income at all. I, just, I had all these boxes in the office, and we were to give them out at our night shows and on the tour. And we did do that, but we had so much left over for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because I had no money, for three weeks. I had cereal. I would come early, I'd eat cereal and use the milk in the office for lunch. I'd use the milk in the office. And just before I went home at night, I used the milk in the office with the cereal. And so I was living, I was, it was a great, it was a great life. My insides were a little messed up. But anyway, so I ran this youth tour. I ran this youth tour. And, and, and I remember in the middle of, it was about three weeks out, what we were doing, we were bringing, it was the first year it went from uh, sort of, we're spending about 30, 40,000 pounds to spending 250,000 pounds going on this tour, three weeks around uh, New Zealand, taking 80 people on the road, going from church to church, town to town. And over the three weeks, we saw 3,000 people respond to Jesus. It was amazing. It really was amazing. But let me tell you, three, four weeks beforehand, I wasn't feeling like, yay, this is amazing. I was thinking, oh my gosh, I've got so much work to do. It was the first year we were bringing uh, a very well-known evangelist called Reggie Dabbs with us. And so that brought a new level of organization to it. And, and so there was one moment in the office, like all the youth guys are having like fun in the office doing absolutely nothing, like working out what game they're going to do on Friday, which is cool. They were doing that. And I'm like taking phone calls, trying to organize, booking hotels and venues and all these kinds of stuff. And I just got frustrated and fed up. Anyone ever hit those moments? <laughs> And so I went off and did what every good Bible college student does. And I went off and prayed. And I vented to God. I really told him how I felt. And in that moment, I had a picture. God gave me a picture. And he showed me a platform that I was creating. A stage I was building in order for someone else to come and preach. And suddenly I had a perspective of the work that I was doing. 
I wasn't the one to give the salvation article. I wasn't the one healing, uh, laying hands on people. I wasn't the one speaking and, you know, with the glory or anything like that. I was simply making phone calls and booking venues and doing a whole bunch of stuff. But I suddenly realized I was creating a platform for someone else to come and for a miracle to happen. Do you know, our life might never have a microphone, but you are able to create a platform where and we can have input into areas where God can come and move through that, what you do. And giving is such a great example of how we can give into a place and the, and the miracle and the release of our sowing can cause a miracle to happen in a different place. I think that's extraordinary. And I remember that moment, it changed my life forever. Suddenly those frustrations turned to, okay, just got a couple more weeks of this. I'm creating a platform. Do you know what? In this room, we are platform creators for the miracles that God has wanted to do around the world. You are platform creators for the miracles that God is wanting to release in different equipers churches around the world, in different community projects. You are platform creators for God to release miracles. I want you to get that in your spirit today, that as we give into impact offering, as we go into this season, we are platform creators for releasing miracles. We are the people behind the miracles. Is this a good word this morning? So I want to give you three thoughts about what is an impact enabler, an impact enabler, using this story. And the first one, number one, is willingness. Willingness. See, these, willing, these, these women were willing to go where Jesus invited them. My question to you today is, are you willing to go where Jesus is inviting you to go? Are you willing to do what Jesus is bringing you into? Are you willing to go in the direction Jesus is wanting you to go? Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to obey? Are you willing to actually lean into God and say, I trust you at all costs? Are we a people here that are willing? Let me read you this quote. It says this. It says, we seldom do the things to the best of our ability, but we do it to the best of our willingness. <laughs> I think that's interesting, eh? We seldom do things to the best of our ability, but we do it to the best of our willingness. How true is that? See, if we're willing to do something, often if it is, benefits us in some way, shape, or form, then we will willingly do it, and we'll do it to our, the best of our ability. But if, it, if our interest isn't there, then we're fairly unwilling, aren't we? So here we have these women. They had a past, they experienced God, and Jesus invited them to come, and they were willing to follow him. It doesn't matter the cost to them. They were just willing to go and be on the ride with Jesus. They were willing. They were willing. Do you know what I've discovered in life and being a church pastor is that so often people want to make individual impact in this world. But I've discovered it's so much better being part of a group of people that are making impact. See, when scientists are studying the space and looking for asteroids and looking for things that are going to bring damage to the earth, they don't ring up the army generals and Parliament Square when every speck of space dust is going to break into our atmosphere. But you're going to hear about it if an asteroid is going to come and hit earth, right? Everyone's going to know about it. 
and they're probably planning rockets to go and explode that asteroid. Why? Because the greater the impact and the greater the mass, the greater the impact. Do you know what I love about impact offering time? It is all about a mass of people gathering together to release finance that's going to cause kingdom initiatives to advance forward. It's a mass of people. See, what I've, what I've realized in my life is my individual giving doesn't make much difference. My individual giving, sometimes there's stories where I can give into situations and it changes and it helps. But when I come into a group of people and my giving partners with other people's giving, suddenly that group of people, that mass has a much greater impact. Across our London locations, we took up about 330,000 pounds last year. Who knows that's better than my 1,000? You know what I mean? That's better than my individual but together we had a great impact. And I could hear about so many other stories. And, and it's all about willingness. I love what G, how, Jesus, um, how Jesus walks along the beach in Matthew 4. And he's looking for Simon. He's looking for Peter. He's looking for Andrew. He's looking for his, uh, his disciples he'd like to invite to join him, follow him. And he sees these guys mending nets. And he says, hey, come follow me. And they just had a willingness of heart. They said they saw Jesus and they, they laid down their livelihood. They, they, they said bye to their dad in a moment and said, I'm going to come and follow you. There was a willingness. Do you know what I realized? Our willingness in pursuit of Jesus opens the door to destiny in our lives. Our willingness creates a date with destiny. Willingness in our life creates a date with destiny in our life. If, you wanna, if you're wondering where to go, what purpose is all about, let me tell you, just say yes to Jesus. Make your life willing, and you're making a date with destiny in your life. You're making a date with destiny. Number two, number two, so number one is willingness. Number two is security. Security. These women were incredibly secure in who they were. They were living in a time when no other women were really rising up. When no other women, when women were being squashed, Jesus was giving them space. Jesus was saying, hey, come, come, be a part of this. Be a part of the mission. I want, I want all to be a part of the mission of God. And amongst the, the, the craziness of society then, where women were said, no, no, you are this, Jesus was saying, no, no, you can be this as well. And they were invited to be a part of it all. And there was incredible security in the women just to be who they were. They, they were. And they gave of who they were as well. There was a security. And that's, and that's really important. Are we secure what we bring to the table? Are we secure in what we add to Jesus' ministry? Don't doubt in what you bring to the table, church. Don't doubt with the gift that you have to bring and to change hearts and to, to, to serve this church and to move it forward. Know that you can add something. Don't we have an amazing team in this church just to serve us all around? You got welcomed on the door. There's people in the car park to help you juggle your cars around and, and make that work. There's, your kids are being looked after. There's people just going, I'll serve wherever. I'm willing and I'm secure in that. Isn't that cool? There are people saying, ah, oh, I'm out to get the platform. There's people saying, I'm, we're all creating a platform for a miracle. And that creates an incredible, that, 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 that need, that to, in order to do that, that needs a great level of security in our hearts to do that. I love what it's, ha, ha, the, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. John 6, verse 5, it says this. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. 
Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. And Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough food, money to feed them, sorry. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves with two fish. But what good is that with a huge crowd? And then then Jesus said, tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. And we know how the miracle goes on from there. We need to have a security that Jesus doesn't look at our little and thinks it's not enough. We've got to have a great security and what we bring to Jesus is always enough. Simon Andrew, he freaks out and he says, there's a boy here. He's brought some lunch, but it's not going to be enough. Sometimes we can feel in life that what we bring to the table, what we offer to church is never enough. But can I say, Jesus can do amazing things with your little if you give it to him, if you're willing If you're secure in who you are, God can take that and he can bless it, break it, and send it out. God can take your little and make it much. Have you ever wondered about who's behind the lunch? Who's behind the five barley loaves and two fish? It was probably your mum who packed the lunch. Talking about seemingly insignificant tasks. These women just thought they were giving to a mission, but they're behind the miracle. A mom who just thought she was packing a lunch for the day, she's behind the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Do you know what? Your little can be behind incredible miracles that happen globally. Today, my purpose is simply to come here and encourage and inspire that God can do miracles through you simply how you live your life and even how we, we, we give. And so Jesus can take a little and make a lot. Jesus can make a little sufficient. Don't think that Jesus is looking at your faith and going, oh, there's no faith there. Jesus is looking at the little faith and saying, I can do something with that. Do you know what? Jesus can be looking at your faith and sometimes you can come into church and like, man, that week was hard. And, and you're going, well, this is all I've got. Do you know what? Jesus is not phased by that at all. Jesus is going, I can do something with that. If only you would give it to me. If only you would willingly come, I can do something with that faith. And so here we, I want to to go back to this word right in verse 3 of Luke 8. It says this. And it just talks about the women just being secure in what they bring up in, here it says, they contributed from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Do you know that word contribute in the King James Version is ministered? That the women's ministry was to give, was to be in the background. Do you know what? Sometimes we think ministry is just this. And what you go and do in the workplace tomorrow isn't ministry. Can I, can I encourage you, church? Your ministry starts tomorrow Amen. in the workplace. Taking the kingdom of heaven that's in you, taking it into your workplace, taking it into your college. That is your ministry. That is your place of influence right now. Could I encourage you, go there prepared, ready to take the light of God with you and lighten up someone's world. Be secure in who you are. Be as secure in the place that God has placed you right now and take God to the world because that is the purpose, right? 
Here, these women, they were secure in what they were doing. They were enabling ministry to happen. We can enable ministry to happen in every place that we go. So what does our impact look like? We're impact enablers. And finally, number three. Number three, if the team could come up, that would be amazing. Number three is quite simply generosity. I've touched on it already. But what I've realized about these women were generous. But what I've realized about generosity, generosity is not a moment, but it's a lifestyle. It's not a moment, but it's a lifestyle, isn't it, church? I was having a conversation recently with someone, a good friend of mine, he, and he's just got a job in the city. He came out of the, the RAF, and he was without work for, for a long time, and, and he kind of had to start at the bottom of the pile in, in his career. And he says, I just want, I can't wait for the moment when I can be generous. And I just said to him and encouraged him, I said, generosity isn't a, it, it, we don't ever arrive at generosity. We live generous. And we live generous with what we have now. Generous to you right now might be simply buying someone a coffee. Going out your way. It might be simply, it might be just, you know, using encouraging words. Because that is all you have right now. But for generosity for others, it, it looks completely different. Because they're in a different space right now. But generosity has to start somewhere. And it's simply cultivating something within your heart. I choose to be generous. These women, they impacted the world. They impacted Jesus' ministry by being willing, by being secure, and by being generous. Church, I want to encourage us. In order to live a life of impact and to be impact enablers, I really believe that we need to be willing, willing to do what God is calling us into. Willing to, to get involved, willing to use our gifts to minister to him. I believe we just simply need to be secure in who we are. Be secure in your own skin. Be secure in what God has placed in you. And number three, cultivate a generosity within your life. Cultivate a generosity within your life. I love just sometimes talking to the petrol attendant and giving him a smile. That's generosity. Sometimes we live in a world that just flashes by. Everything's so busy. We don't have time for each other. We say, how are you? We don't really mean it. And they say, good. Next time you ask, how are you to someone? They say, good. Say, why are you good? Give generously of your time to people. It will make a world of difference. And it will allow the kingdom of God just to begin to break through. To begin to allow the light of the kingdom to break through into your world a little bit more. Generosity is not a moment. It's a spirit we carry. It's who we are. So today, I've wanted to encourage us around this idea of the people behind the miracles are the ones that created impact. And I really believe that in this room, and I can see it from your report last year, you guys are impacting something. You guys are doing something. It's great to see people responding in your services, new visitors coming all the time. We're impacting this community. But you know what? We're 13 years in here in Essex, but there's so much more to go. There's so many more people to see saved. There's so much more impact to have in this community. There's still homeless people out there to find shelter, to find homes. There's still people believing in broken situations for a God to come. We are the solution, aren't we? There's impact to be had. If we choose to live a life of impact, let me tell you, this community will be different. 
How about we just jump to our feet across this room?